Hello, everyone. Welcome to Centuries and Saints. This is Scott, and it is great to be with you. Thank you for tuning in here to my podcast where we talk about church history. It's great to have you guys with me today. This is our third episode. And so last time we began an overview of the patristic era of church history, where we will be taking a look at the notable men and women throughout the patristic age of the church, the early church fathers. Uh, We'll also be taking a look at many of the issues which faced the early church, as well as church councils and creeds and all of those things. Just getting a 30,000 foot flyby overview of this very foundational, very essential era and age of the church. What I want to do in this episode is I want us to take a look at something that was very common throughout the early church, including even the apostolic age. And we see this a little bit in scripture, uh, but which really began to heat up during the patristic age of the church. And that was the persecution of Christians under the Roman Empire. Now, these stories are amazing. They are disturbing. Hopefully, we'll be looking at some of the stories of these martyrs, of these faithful brothers and sisters. As well, we'll look a little bit at the Roman Empire and the culture of that day and some of the just horrific things, the barbaric things that the Romans did to our brothers and sisters these two millennia ago. And so, again, on this episode, we are going to dive in now and we are going to take a look uh, at the persecution of the church under the Roman Empire. And I want to look today primarily at the reason for persecution. What was it that made the church such a target for the Roman Empire? What was going on here? All right, well, what I want to first of all say is that Rome and the Roman Empire was actually quite tolerant of other religions. Uh, If you guys know your history at all, the Roman Empire conquered many, many people groups. Okay, so what the Romans would do, their philosophy of this, is they knew that people would be very territorial about their religions. Okay, and so the last thing the Romans wanted was insurrection and riots from different people groups. You can even read about those in scripture. Uh, The Jews would revolt from time to time against the Roman Empire, and Rome tried to put those things down. They did not want that to be happening. And so the leaders of the Roman Empire, being smart people, they understood that religion is a very personal, important part of people's lives. And so what Rome would do is Rome would say, you can worship whatever gods you want. You can have your religious ceremonies. Keep believing everything you believe. You don't have to change a thing about what you believe. All Rome required of its citizens and the people that they conquered is that they would add Caesar into their liturgy and rituals. They would do some sort of homage to Caesar, an act of worship uh, to Caesar as part of their liturgy and religion, they would simply, again, just add Caesar as, as an extra element to their already existing religion. And as long as they did that, they were fine. The Roman Empire had no quarrel with that at all. Now, there was one religious people group for whom the Roman Empire made an exception, and that was the Jews. Now, there's a lot of history here, which I don't have the time to get into, uh, but Basically, what would happen, now there's a lot of history here behind all of this, but the Roman Empire, they knew that the Jewish people, the people of Israel, were fiercely 
and uncompromisingly monotheistic. Okay, those Jews who were devout practicing Jews, they would go to war, they would shed blood, and they would die before they would ever bow to Caesar. They would never incorporate emperor worship or any of the Roman pantheon into their religious ceremonies. They worshiped the one true God of Israel alone, and that was it. Okay, and so Rome knew that. Rome knew that if they ever tried to impose uh, Caesar worship on the Jews, that they would have nothing but rioting, violence, and bloodshed. And so Rome basically left them alone. Now, that also had to do with the fact that the Jews, by and large, at this time, practiced their faith and lived their lives in an isolated way. So the Jewish people under Roman occupation, uh, again, we're in the patristic era of the church here, shortly after the apostolic age, shortly after the writings of the New Testament, uh, the Jews were not out evangelizing, trying to convert the Roman Empire to Judaism. Again, they mostly kept to themselves and practiced their faith privately and sort of isolated themselves as a community. And so the Romans, for convenience sake and for wisdom's sake, basically just left them alone. They exempted the Jews from Caesar worship or from the Roman pantheon. Okay, so how does that get us to the Roman persecution of the church? Well, it's an interesting history, but what happens is that the Romans initially considered Christianity as nothing more than maybe a strange offshoot of Judaism. And indeed, we know as Christians that the roots of our faith actually are uh, from Jewish roots. Okay, and so that makes sense that the Romans would view uh, Christianity as an offshoot of Judaism. The majority of Christians uh, in the early church, you know, as we know, they came out of Judaism. And with the exception of the people to whom the Apostle Paul preached, uh, they were mostly Jewish. And so it made sense to the Roman Empire. And so initially, the Roman Empire mostly left the church alone based upon her relation to Judaism. Now, under Caesar Nero's reign, uh, from 54 AD until 68 AD, uh, Nero did persecute Christians, but contrary to popular belief, Nero's persecution was not empire-wide. It was mostly localized to the city of Rome. Now, it was brutal, it was savage, and absolutely horrible, uh, but again, it was a pretty localized persecution. Okay, so as far as empire-wide persecution, that wouldn't come until later. That came during the patristic era of the church, again, which we're studying now. So as I said, the Roman Empire initially saw the church as basically an offshoot of Judaism, maybe a strange offshoot, but an offshoot nonetheless. And therefore, the church was relatively safe from state-sponsored persecution. However, uh, in the eyes of the Romans, the church had something going against it. And that was the fact that Christians obeyed the commandments of our Lord, the Great Commission. Christians in the early church believed that it was our responsibility to go out and to share the good news of Jesus, the risen Lord, the risen Christ. And the Romans saw this as a threat to their civilization and culture, and even as a threat to the empire itself. And so Christians were trying to turn people in the Roman Empire away from Rome's false gods and to worship the true living God of Israel, the triune God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, whom we worship. For those of us as Christians, we worship the true and living God. 
And so obviously our brothers and sisters in the ancient church, they refused to participate in the social, sexual, and spiritual practices of the Roman Empire. In other words, and this is our heritage as Christians, uh, we rocked the boat. Okay, we wouldn't give in. Now, again, the Roman Empire left the Jews alone as long as the Jews were content to practice their faith in isolation and in quiet. Uh, But here come Christians, an offshoot of Judaism, and Christians are out evangelizing. They're out proclaiming that, no, 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 Caesar is not Lord. Jesus, and Jesus alone is Lord. And the Romans, they saw this as a massive, massive threat to the empire and to civilization, to their culture. Now, another reason that the church faced so much persecution from the Roman Empire was because the life of the average Christian was so different than that of the average Roman citizen. Okay, so for your average pagan Roman citizen, not a Christian, not a believer, uh, before meals, they would have pagan rituals. They would regularly swear their allegiance to Caesar, proclaiming that Caesar is Lord. Uh, They would participate in the gladiatorial games, which were absolutely horrific, barbarous, and savage. There's a lot of history you can read on that if you're interested, and it will make your stomach turn at just how evil those things were. Okay, and so this was just normal life for citizens uh, in the Roman Empire. Add to that as well that the majority of our brothers and sisters at this time, uh, they made their, their living as manual laborers. Obviously, the agricultural and the manual labor industries were huge in an empire where up to half of the citizens were slaves. And so many times, our fellow Christians who worked with their hands uh, would be forced to either create things that were dedicated to idols or give up their jobs. And what do you think they would do? Well, they would be faithful to Christ uh, and they would not participate in those kind of construction projects, which made life very, very difficult. Now, in addition to rejecting Caesar worship, Christians also rejected the Roman pantheon, rightly so. The false gods the the Romans worshipped. And to reject the Roman pantheon came at a very steep price. Uh, It would cost one enormously, personally, socially, vocationally, politically, all of that. And then also, Christians would obey again the words of our Lord, and they would have compassion and love for all people. And we see even in the New Testament writings, the apostles would write exhorting the church, especially Paul and James, and they would instruct those who were in the church to treat everyone equally. There was to be no discrimination based upon class, upon social standing, upon race, gender, any of that. At the foot of the cross, in the eyes of Christ, we're all equal. Okay, and so that went directly against the value system of the Roman Empire and the culture of the Roman Empire. And so the lives of our brothers and sisters in the church back during this period of history under the Roman Empire were just vastly and fundamentally different from the surrounding culture in every way. And so all of that began to invite suspicion, began to invite persecution on the church from the Roman Empire. Now, in our day, in recent history, uh, for those of us, especially in the West, uh, in, in the United Kingdom and Europe, and also especially here in the United States of America, uh, Christendom has kind of been predominant. The church has historically, up until perhaps recently, held a high place in society and in culture. 
Okay. So we're kind of used to, even though our culture has changed and these things are becoming less so, we're somewhat used to, as Christians, sort of being the dominant cultural force in society. Now, our brothers and sisters uh, during the patristic age of the church, both East and West, they didn't have that. Okay. They were living their lives in peaceful, silent protest against the most dominant and powerful empire and its culture uh, in all of the known world at the time. Okay. And so to live their lives completely different uh, from that of the majority culture and world around them, again, invited suspicion. Okay. Uh, Christians were accused of taking part in sexual orgies, the agape feast, the love feast, which is where believers would gather together and share a common meal. Uh, Also, the Eucharist, taking communion. Jesus said, this is my body and this is my blood. Uh, Christians would come together, obviously, and partake of the body and blood of the Lord, and thus were suspected of being cannibals. The Roman Empire suspected the church, again, of sexual perversion and of cannibalism because the church would do these things out of view of the public eye. They would do these things, for example, in house churches behind closed doors. So again, all of this contributes to the reasons that uh, our brothers and sisters faced persecution from the Roman Empire back during this time in the patristic era of the church. Okay, and so to wrap up this episode here, uh, I want to get going, but I want to say this, make this final point. And this is very important for us today as well. The single most defining issue of persecution, the, the primary reason why Christians faced major persecution from the Roman Empire was the refusal to engage in emperor worship, the emperor cult. Okay. And so again, the mantra of the Roman Empire was that Caesar is Lord. One of the reasons that the New Testament and the gospel is so subversive, and we miss this in our modern interpretation and in our modern culture, because we don't get this, is that that was absolutely subversive to say, no, Caesar's not Lord. Jesus is Lord. That word Lord in Greek, hakurios, okay, that word carries with it uh, shades of meaning, it, you know, master, ruler, king, okay? The Roman Empire believed, and part of their Caesar cult believed that Caesar was divine or semi-divine and that he was the king of the earth and he was the most powerful one, okay? And the church comes along and says, no, no, there's only one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, And God, the son, Jesus became human and he is Lord. He is the king of the world. He is the Lord of all the earth. Not you, Caesar. It's Jesus. And that was offensive and extremely threatening to Caesar and to the Roman empire. Okay. And as emperor worship was a test of political loyalty, Christians by their refusal to participate in the emperor cult were seen as being disloyal citizens. Okay, and so the Roman Empire viewed the church as a major threat and as a major irritation, and they would not tolerate these vast differences. The Roman Empire was not going to allow itself to be changed by the church. And so the Roman Empire did what every leader and every government does when they get scared. They overreacted in fear, and they attempted to wipe the church out. However, as is always the case, the Lord gets the last laugh, so to speak. Okay. Jesus is God. Jesus alone is Lord. And he promised in the gospel of Matthew, we read in chapter 16, that he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. 
And so the Roman Empire tried to wipe the church out, failed miserably. And today, there is no such thing as the Holy Roman Empire anymore. But the church, the true church of Jesus Christ, exists all over the world. And we're not stopping. So it's amazing. It's amazing when we look back through history, and that's one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast, is because it's an incredible thing when we look back over the last 2,000 years, roughly, of church history, and we see all of the ways in which the devil and the world and the forces of darkness have attempted to wipe out the church and the testimony of Jesus, and they fail every time because Jesus is risen. He is alive And he is Lord and God, and he promised that he would build his church. And none can stop him. And so the good news for you and me today is that Jesus is still building his church. And after you and I are dead and gone, he will continue to build his church. The church will never be overcome, will never be overtaken. We see that borne out through history, the proof of it as we look over these last 2,000 years. We see the immutable testimony of that in scripture. And so we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus will continue to build his church because he is Lord, he is God, and he is alive. He is risen indeed. And that is good news for all of us. Hope you've enjoyed this look at reasons for the persecution of the church under the Roman Empire, during the patristic era, which again is where we're studying. So thank you for tuning into the podcast today. It's been great being with you. Uh, Stay tuned because there are more episodes coming up. We're going to be looking at a lot of different people and places and movements that are encapsulated here under this patristic age of the church. So I will talk with you next time. Again, check out my website, scottwmatson.com. I'd love for you to read some stuff, listen to some teachings, and drop me a line if you want. Until next time. The scenes are your friends.